Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar So, fellas, I went to see live music for the first time since before the pandemic this past weekend. Sweet. I have not. How, how, how was it? It was excellent. We went, uh, my brother was in town with his wife. They got away from their three kids. And we went to Ohana Fest on last Friday and saw Duran Jones and Camp and My Morning Jacket played a killer set. And then Kings Leon were supposed to be playing, but I, I, their mom... I think was on her deathbed, and so they had to cancel. And Eddie Vedder came out and played with a pretty like crazy band. He had the drummer from the Chili Peppers, Glenn Hansard, who's kind of like a singer songwriter in his own. He's right. the guy from that movie, right? Yeah, he had a bass player. I think that's really well known, Paladino or Palam. Yeah, I know you're talking about. It. And they ripped. I mean they. They played Porch and Corduroy, which are two Pearl Jam songs. And then they just played some new stuff. His daughter came out and sang a song, which was super sweet. They, but then they teased Better Man at the end and then played, like, a Who song that wasn't, like, a super popular well, Who song or not one that I knew. And that's super cruel to tease Better Man. And then, and then you were like, Eddie was like, no, 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 not tonight. It's like, don't well, bring it up. Tell, and like, don't play the first lick and then not play it. Well, they also played a Kings Leon song, which was kind of cool. You could tell they just kind of threw that set together, like, that day. We're like, yo, do you guys know this song? They played, like, the lat, the end of Purple Rain. So they weren't, sp- he wasn't supposed to play. He just did it because and, Kings Leon. Yes, and also, they were, It's a. it was a three-day <clears throat> festival that he throws down yeah, in Doheny. Yeah, yeah, And so, Saturday night, he, w- he was playing a set. And then Sunday, Pearl Jam was playing. So, uh, you could kind of get, get the feeling, of like, okay... I'm not going to play anything that we're going to play. And these sets are already, like, spoken for. So let's just play some stuff. It was good. I mean, because he... I mean, he could control it just with his voice. I mean, he just sounds so fucking good. Yeah. So the next night, we went to see Modest Mouse, first indoor concert at the Ace Hotel. Not a huge Modest Mouse fan. Didn't really enjoy the show. My brother and his wife loved them. Did they love the show? I went outside and smoked cigarettes probably (laughs) during four songs. <laughs> they did. They 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 were like, man, that was a, four, a great show sig, for them. Four sig show. My my brother and his wife were like, we've seen them like seven times. I'm like, what? Why? You're like, I'd rather get cancer. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Oh my goodness. Apropos of tonight's of this week's pod, uh, my morning jacket ended their set with one of their new, newer songs from their last waterfalls Two album called wasted, which is a fucking rocker. And it's a great song about being not in the right mindset. Some might even say sick a little bit. Might need a doctor. Anyone, uh, Neil, when you think about songs about being sick or needing a doctor what do you think about? Well, the one that gets me is, um, and I know it because Dwayne did ah, go. You're gonna say that going down slow, Howlin' Wolf. Um, I've had my fun. 
If uh. I don't ever get well no more. So good. Um, it's such what? a sad song. Like he's just basically like, it's okay. I'm fucking definitely dying, but it's cool. I had my fun. Just, just someone write my mother. Jonathan, what, 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 what comes to mind for you? <clears throat> Black Peter by uh, Grateful Dead. Oh, oh yes. Working with Dead. That might be better All than... of my friends come to see me last night. I was laying in the bed and dying. Yes, so I, good. I'm, I, I think this works. I'm going with Robert Palmer. Bad case of loving you. Doctor, doctor. Doctor, doctor. Give me the news. <laughs> I got a bad case of loving you. <laughs> no? Um, no? I mean, it's that for, it, it makes sense for you. I love Robert Palmer. <laughs> But not that song. Um. <laughs> Wasn't that a Dr. Pepper commercial in the 80s? <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it so. had to be. I th- I'm, certain, I'm certain it was. <laughs> Multiple times for many, many years. Neil, give me, give me another one. Um, well, I'll, let me switch gears here and go into straight funk, uh, funkadelic. I'd like to thank you, Dr. Funkenstein. Your funk is the best. <laughs> ah. <laughs> nice. You like so to it's thank a, Dr. Funkenstein. We all just, like to thank Dr. Funkenstein. It's a super fun, funky song. I, I don't know Funkadelic that well. I know a few of their songs that I really like, and that's... Yeah, I would say I don't know them all that well, but that's one that stuck out, for sure. <laughs> Dr. Funkenstein. <laughs> I wonder where he went to medical school. <laughs> <sighs> I do not trust... It was some, some island in the Caribbean, like, I don't know if you really... I... He learned under Dr. Moreau. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, what you got? I'm gonna say "Life in the Fast Lane." Doctor said he's coming, but you gotta pay in cash. Is a fucking great, oh yeah, yeah, great line. line. Yeah, that's yeah. so seedy. That is so fucking drug deal going wrong. I am gonna go with uh, a little Motley Crew. Oh, I was wondering if you were gonna do that. He's the one they call Doctor Feel Good to yes. make you feel all right. Yes, that's that's a classic. That's uh-huh. that's. Maybe my favorite Motley Crue song. But who's going to win in a fight? Funkenstein or Feel Good? Uh, Funkenstein's probably going to win. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> He's going to win a fight. He's gonna win I don't fight. know, man. Feel Good's probably super shady. <laughs> feel Good, will, he'll cheat. Feel Good will cheat and win. Feel Good's situation. fucking stabbing with needles. He's fucking eating balls. Like, he's eating fucking balls. fighting. That's why it's called uh, Feel Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say biting. You said eating. Eating, he ain't biting. He's eating. Uh, <laughs> Neil, give me one more. I'd say this Grateful Dead song. Well, it's actually the Rascals. Good loving that, but I know it most from the Dead. Um, I said, Doctor, Doctor, Mister MD, MD, Doctor. It's just, uh, it's a classic. I, it's, it doesn't have the weight of some of the other songs we've been talking about, but it's just, uh, I dig it. No, it's a great song. Jonathan, last one. I can't believe either. I either I can't believe you didn't think of this. We're about to steal the best one ever. Well, I think I know what you're going to say. Well, Carry on. Don't, don't Carry say Doctor Robert because no, that's yeah, yeah. Sister Morphine. Oh, I thought oh. you were going to go, dear Doctor. Dear Doctor. Da, da, da. Uh, that's Sister a good Morphine one too, is, though. Sister Damn. Morphine is the best medical fucking yeah. song of all time. Uh, that's true. So true. Jesus I just thought Christ. of that. I mean, I didn't really answer me these questions. This is where I'm at. Oh my goodness. I would go with a little. Um, I feel like the shape I'm in by the band. Ooh. That's, that's your band. that's your best call yet. 
Feeling <laughs> feeling down. How about humble pie? I don't need no doctor. Yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and I have one honorable mention: uh, Little Feet Rock and Roll Doctor. Always with the honorable mentions over here. Hey, Neil man. Honorable mention Marsh is going to be your new <laughs> pod name. That's fine. <laughs> I love it. The honorable honorable mention Neil Marsh. Uh, we'll we'll hear from the honorable uh, mention Marsh. <laughs> I'll rise. I'll rise yeah. for the honorable mention Neil. Always. Th- <laughs> 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 honorable mention. I always think about that when I'm eating some shitty breakfast. I'm like, this is the breakfast of honorable mentions. <laughs> everything's always the breakfast of champions. I'm like, no, no champion ever ate what I'm eating right now. Oh my god. On that note, <laughs> we are talking about doctors and songs about doctors and feeling sick because this week we are discussing dr my eyes from jackson brown's self-titled 1972 debut album written by jackson brown and produced by jackson brown and (laughs) richard sanford orshoff also jackson browned by jackson brown dr my eyes have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying now i um, this one's been on my list for a while. It's just it just his voice and the composition captures such a cool 70s kind of sound or early 70s. And just I love how it's so honest about just regret and being run down, but also kind of makes you want to move. It has like it it really drives like it has an optimistic sound to it, but the lyrics are so depressing. And, you know, I think it's a it's a great example of hot bacon cold lettuce like it was it was such a depressing song there like we need to like put some drive behind this and i I think they accomplished it it sounds great jackson brown in general i love a lot of his songs man I, i think he sounds so relatable i think one of his best qualities is he almost sounds like your friend he doesn't sound like a rock star he just sounds like your buddy talking about like hard times and it's also kind of a cautionary tale like you can tell he had a lot of fun but the, the days are getting long, the nights are getting late, and uh, it's time to settle down and see a doctor. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those songs I've heard, you know, off and on my whole life, it seems like. I've always thought it was a cool song. I'm always glad when it comes, when I hear it, it's obviously a very cool singable chorus. I, I can't say I've ever really sought it out. You know, when you listen to it, though, the writing is great, the production is great, obviously the performance is great. But it's also... I think it's a little more laid back than I am. I was talking to somebody years ago, and I was like, you know, I'm laid back. And they're like, no, no, you're, you're not really laid back. You know, <laughs> they're like, you're easy going and fun loving, but like, you're not laid back. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm not, am I? Um, <laughs> and so that's all it took. <laughs> well, just to, to, you know, some points it out to you. I'm here. I'm open to what people have to say. But, and I realized, so I think this may be just a little chill, like passive from, from for my like, perspective but it's definitely great i mean in spite of the fact that i don't feel like it exactly would represent me like you said neil it does sound like a a friend or just some guy some cool regular joe fucking blows hanging out just talking to you and so Mm -hmm. you know it's a hell of a a hell of a composition and clearly recorded and produced very well i remember this song from like sophomore year i was in journalism class because i was fucking smart and uh hold on (laughs) You mean because it, the smart kids took that one, or like you had to yeah, be pretty s- much like the smart guys did because there were a lot of hot girls in the journalism class, and I don't know if it was Miss Johnson, <laughs> that kind of smart, or one of the older girls in the class. They were always playing this Jackson Brown CD, 
And this song, you know, it stuck out. I mean, I think this is definitely one of his better songs. I'm not a huge Jackson Brown fan. I, I respect him as a songwriter. It's bright and fun and catchy. And like Neil said, like there's a contrast to like the looking back, reflective, reckoning kind of lyric. But it's it, it's very SoCal 70s pop. And it, it's, it's funny that I didn't know this was so early. I mean, this is like 72. This is like yeah. before the Eagles. So mm-hmm. it feels like a bridge almost between like the Mamas and Papas and CSNY and the Eagles, which is funny. I never thought about this song in that way. Jackson Brown's a talented songwriter, but sometimes he's like too precious with his songs. Mm-hmm. And but in but in my mind, this one does not fall into that category. It's a <laughs> it, it's a tightrope at times because it's almost too clean and polished, but not it doesn't quite go over that line for me so i do think it's a good song and i enjoy listening to it but like jonathan said i don't really seek this song out yeah and to that point i i think it is a song for like later in life it's a song for looking back like i it's not a song i've always loved but i think within the past um past couple years i've kind of just really dug it every time i turn it on i'm like oh my god it sounds so good i I just love his (laughs) his honesty and just the way he He's not in dire straits. He's not depressed. He's just has some regrets and he's he's having a bad day and he's like, "Oh man, you know, he had a long night." And it, it just it's very relatable and it's kind of like there's not too many consequences. It's kind of just like, "Oh yeah, he's he he's seeing he's seeing his his ways and he, and he he can correct them." Well, that's a testament to him as a songwriter, really. I mean, he was 24 when the song came out. So he's yeah. probably like 22 or 21 when he wrote it because when you're 24 you don't fucking know what it's like at the end of your life so to be able to look at that and put this lyric together which is so compact and really gives you a picture of what he's trying to put across that's impressive in and of itself yeah i uh i love how um not many songs i don't i can't think of any other song that starts with the title and the title is the chorus it's kind of cool how it just comes right it's in. It's clever wordplay, yeah, because yeah. he's using it in two different ways. It's not the hook when he starts it off. It's Dr. My, uh, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. almost like a little short story, but a, a, a song where he introduces this character of the doctor and the narrator, and it's just a, a, a conversation between two people, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there's, like, the urging, like, when he gets to the hook, there's that, I don't know if it's reflection or or what, but that when he hits the eyes, it's very effective in the song from where he's come from the beginning. Doctor, my eyes Tell me what is wrong Was I unwise It's almost about, like, um, holding your feelings back and not being able to feel, you know, because he's talking about crying. It's basically his eyes can't cry because he can't feel shit. It's not really yeah. like he regrets everything, but it's like that's why he's asking the doc, "What's wrong? Have I have I learned how not to cry?" <laughs> that always makes me think of that um, that, that uh, on The Simpsons, Millhouse's dad when they get a divorce, he records a song called "Can I Borrow a Feeling." <laughs> <laughs> Just always, Mister Van Houten. <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 and his wife they get a divorce and like. He's just ugly. He's living all by himself, and it's like, can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> I, that, I'm, I think that's the melody, but. And Homer just laughs at it. Like, he's just laughing. Like, like Johnny, you're always good for a Simpsons quote. 
Hey man, they uh, are there are lots of them. Um, oh my god, it's like you're so torturing many. me from childhood. It's um, well, it's on all on Disney Plus. <laughs> you can pay us for that well, Disney Plus. Um, well, <laughs> the thing that's interesting about this song is that like I don't know that any singular part of it is exceptional, but when you put it all together, it is exceptional. Totally that's agree. funny, and that's a good point, but let's just start with this. Let's just move into the song then. The intro itself is very memorable. I would say the intro is almost more memorable than anything else in the song, how it comes in. Yeah, with the, the piano. The piano, the boom, boom. Yeah, it sounds it, like it's going to be an anthem, like a, like a really optimistic anthem, and then he's like, it's and then like he drops. It's like very peppy. Yeah, it's like a um a slight of hand, basically. Yeah, yeah he it's flips like, the script oh, on We're going to go you. this way, yeah, and then yeah. he's like... Dr. Ma, and then it's like these really like kind of almost depressing. Say, hey man, I just came here to party. What's up? Well, it starts off with like, you know, remember those 70s like infomercials where they show like this is how the bill becomes law and like you have the bill like on the steps of Congress, like being like, what's up? Yeah. And then. I can't remember if it was South Park or something where like somebody shoots the bill and it just rolls down the steps. Like when he starts singing, that's I think kind that of may like, have been John Oliver. <laughs> just like Doctor, my eyes have seen the year, and he's just like an old bill now, Our like bill with a cane, becomes a <laughs> like struggling down the steps. Well, you know, I never really thought about it till just now. If you look at the, his age, how old was when this came out? Twenty-four. Well, it was twenty-three it's, when it was recorded. Twenty-four when it was released. So it was released in seventy-two. So he was twenty and sixty-eight, which means he was the perfect age to go to Vietnam. So Absolutely. while this doesn't sound like a Vietnam song, I think there's a lot of Vietnam going on in in this song. Maybe probably. If you, if you read about what he's reading about, Doctor Myers, I've seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. I want to understand. I've done all I could to see evil and good. He's not. It's not even yeah, a relationship. Yeah. This is just like totally. It's like life questions. Like what the fuck. Look, if you think about, and if you, that's a great point because if you think about it, my dad always told me this story because my dad's basically the same age as Jackson Brown, and he was eighteen in sixty-seven, I think. So he was just like at school at the fraternity house in Mississippi State when they had the draft. We would literally sit there and watch it, and when somebody's birthday got called super early, and we, and, and we like he would just start crying, and we would comfort him. And this and that, and, and he's like, but like as a, as a person, you just be sitting there like, please don't call my birthday, please. And and that's a whole that that generation. Like when he told me that story, I'm like, Jesus. So you guys were basically just like, I don't want to fucking go over there. Like, every that, single one of them, he's like, I've, I don't want to do that. And every one of them knew somebody who died over there. You know? Yeah, I've not once thought of or framed it that way. I always thought of it just kind of like, even though he's 24, it seems like a story about the road, about playing too much and just. You know, just having relationships to, and, and women, and, but nothing that really it has any kind of weight. It's all just this house of cards that keeps falling down. And it, maybe that, that maybe the two relate, right? But like, it yeah. definitely feels like when you think about the context and when he says the slow parade, mm-hmm. to me that Which sounds is a great line, great line. But that's another trait of great songwriting. Like you can tell in this song that he put the work in. And actually the story behind it is this was a way more pessimistic, which also speaks to your point, Jonathan. And the, the either Graham Nash, maybe who sings back up on this was like, Oh, this is the single, but it can't be this pessimistic. You gotta pay. And so he changed the lyric to something a little more palatable. I think they did the same thing with I'll be home for Christmas. Yeah. Well, no, I'm I serious. Think- I think they, actually, yeah. they were like, this is too fucking, this is not, yeah. Festive yeah. enough. 
Josh, to your point, I, I think he probably played it for like uh, the record execs, and they're like, "Oof, <laughs> I don't know." And well, he was like, I, "No, I love it." And they're like, "Yeah, well, well let's, I le- let's clean it up. Let's 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 pep it up a little bit." Which funny, you were talking about Vietnam and record execs and drafts, because I was watching this David <laughs> Geffen thing the other day, and David Geffen, because you know he was the president, he was the head of Asylum. Um, yeah, and he was something about going and to be for, 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 to show up for the draft, you know, and because his number got called, and he went up and he was like, "They're like, you ever have any homosexual thoughts or tendencies?" And he's like, "Yeah," you know, and the guy's like, "Well, how do you feel? Do you think how would being in the army work for you?" And he's like, "Well, there's so many men." <laughs> 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 and they just let him out. <laughs> they're like, okay, we, okay. We, 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 we've seen, we've heard enough. That's a, that's um, a great. And Jim Morrison dodge. told him, if you let me, if you put me in the army, it'll be the biggest fucking mistake you've ever made in your lives. And apparently, <laughs> he got out with that one, which is a pretty good one. Well, I, <laughs> just back to the fact that this is such a a well-written song. You go to that, that Eagles documentary where they were like, and I think they were talking about this song because this is on his debut album. Mm-hmm. And I listened to the album today. It's self-titled. And it, it's not that good. I mean, it's... Because a, a lot of his songs are just too precious. It's all... They it's flower, very spring. Like, yeah. expand, expand on precious. I think I know what you mean, but I don't want to assume... Like, too verbose and, and like introspective. Flowery, like... The yeah, flowery, delicate. like... A lot of introspection in, in the most words possible. It, it's very, <laughs> gotcha. like... It, but also in a Southern California pop way, yeah. where like Springsteen got away with it with poppy hooks and a, like a Jersey like working man's way, and Dylan got away with it with like an Americana like I I I, I just have something speaking through me. Whereas Jackson Brown, I think Neil, you pointed it out, he's kind of almost too ambivalent. He's like your buddy that's like, yeah, man. It's well, good. no, that's it's the fine. the thing is is he's playing with fire because like maybe 80% of his album is going to be too flowery, verbose, whatever. But when he gets it right, when you can boil this feeling down the right way, he has like a handful of songs that are great. But I, yes. I only, that's all I know. I know like, like his so four or five that, hits. Well, you can take that flower and you can grind it up and pour kerosene and extract it and condense it yeah, down. To and the then fucking, like, start yeah. a bonfire. And then yes. do a line of that pure <laughs> fucking uncut Jackson Brown. Then you get somewhere. This, this is why, uncut Jackson Brown. This, this is why this song hits. They cut out one of the verses that was, like, too sad. This is basically two verses in, in the chorus four times and, like, a guitar solo. And then the outro is just kind of the piano just dinging yeah. with some guitar licks. But, like, this is not verbose at all. He tells a story. It portrays an aspect of humanity very succinctly with some, like, clever syntax. It, it works. I can write this kind of song, too, basically. What you realize is what you're kind of trying to see or what he's trying to show you is, like, like he's a mirror, and it's like you know, literally a reflection of what he's seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess in a way that's kind of what we all do. That's what our perspectives are. And, and he, he does it well. And he does it succinctly. To your point, he's not. And he does it with a snappy beat you can dance to. So it's all the better. Yeah. I have done all that I could to see the evil and the good without hiding. You must help. Um, does anything stand out to you guys musically, just like sonically, about this song? It's mixed really, really well. Like it just sounds I mean, fucking great. Yeah, the the production is. <clears throat> it sounds really good. So polished, it's almost it's almost too polished. No, it's it's, it's so right on the line. Which it's means just, it's, it's just under the gun. 
Um, yeah, yeah, which means it's perfect. And one of the reasons is it sounds so great is uh, Crosby and Nash are singing the harmonies on Doctor My Eyes, which is nice. But they're low. They're low. They're low. In there. But no, yeah. But it's still them. Like it's. Still, I didn't know that, and, I, and it does sound good. Did you know that before we? I did, did this not. This week? No, I did not. But yeah, I mean, it is low. But there's a re. It doesn't need to be loud if you're that good. True. And Nash gave the note of, "Hey, this is a hit." If you make it less cynical and put a high harmony in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good note. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, well, Geffen took it to him and said, what What do you see as a hit off this album? Because every other song in this album is what you would think of when you think of Jackson Brown. Like, verbose, songwriter, SoCal sound, and then Graham Nash was like, this this has potential. There's a, a hit. couple things I noticed. I mean, the bongos really stand out. Like, it's a great use of bongos on this song. Like, they, they really mix uh. in well. What you don't it, like it? It is. Oh my god. The, okay, so <laughs> great use of bongos. It, it, a great use of bongos is is relevant, and I probably agree with you. But God, there's so much bongo. But it it also gives you that like positive energy that they're going for musically in the song. So it yes, fits yes. Perfectly. I, I think they were like, this is sad. Get the bongo guy. Call your bongo. <laughs> he has a lot. No, no, no. He has a lot of bongos on the whole album. Like, okay. it, it, there was, like there was this a song. He had he had a, a resident bongoist. It'd be so cool. If it was like Jackson Brown just had an album just called Going Bongos. You know, it's fucking. Go- <laughs> I'm bongos just, for you. <laughs> I mean, well, the the piano is the the main th- thing that kind of carries you through the song, right? Yep. Yep. So energetic. Yeah. The best part musically for this song about me is the guitar. The tone of the guitar and the licks he's playing are so tasty. It sounds so perfect. And and the guy Jesse Jesse Ed Ed Davis. Davis. Oh yeah, he's a bad who's motherfucker. A Native American guitar player. Yeah. Played and for George Harrison. Back in band. He was the guy that. He, he rips. He's yes. a great guitar player. Yes. I wanted to get into the guitar. Like, I think it's some of the best, like, studio noodling I've ever heard. Because it, what... there's nothing that relates to this song. It's just like a great guitar player doing his thing. Like, it's just someone who knows exactly what to do. I feel like this was maybe one or two takes. He's I'm just... pretty sure it's this one where he walked in. They were playing the track. He took his car out, tuned it. Mm-hmm. They were playing the track. He said, okay, hit record, and he played it, and that's what you hear. I'm pretty sure that's... He literally... It's got to be. It does sound like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, What he's doing in the outro is the the vamping. The vamping at the end is like... It just adds to the optimism of the song. They're like, we're going to jam this out, this fucking depressing song. (laughs) We're going to really rock this. It brings the poppiness of the song down a little bit. It takes it... Yes. It saves the song, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, real quick, I, I never would have picked this song if it wasn't for the guitar playing. It's crazy. This guy's just career... Oh, he's a bad motherfucker. ...really crosses with, like, everyone you can think of. Especially mm-hmm. Harrison. Taj Mahal, Dylan, Harrison, uh, Willie Nelson, Leon Russell. He, um, I mean, not to be bleak, but he died... Graham Parsons. At, he died at, here in Venice. Like, because oh, wow. he lived. Yeah. Yeah, he lived in Marina Del Rey for a long time. Well, yeah, yeah, and what I was just bringing up, he was the guy on Rock and Roll Circus with Taj Mahal doing that. Exactly. You got a lot of love. That shit is badass. 
even that in that guitar solo is so slick moving on from the guitar what do you guys think about the vocal i think it's amazing i mean i again i picked this song so i obviously dig it and i think it is super clean and polished but i think this performance in general on the on this record was amazing like i, I listened to some live versions and it's kind of like unless you really just fucking nail this it's not all that great I mean, it's, I think it's, I think it's a good, you know, really good vocal performance. I mean, for Jackson Brown, I don't think it's a, it's kind of middle of the road, whatever. But it's everything it should be for this vocal. I can't imagine there being a better vocal for this. I don't know that the voice is adding much or taking much away, in general. It's almost like the voice is almost like uh, transparent, but yeah. it, it's clearly it's moving the message along. So that it serves its purpose. Yeah, and just one thing about the phrasing of the vocal. Like, when I listened to it, I heard some Van Morrison in it. Just the way he's phrasing some of the lines. What? No, I mean, listen to, like, it, and it's it's real quick. It's just kind of the way he's saying a couple words. It has, like, this... It's fine. No, not, not Van in general, but just his phrasing. I'm not saying he sounds like Van. His vocal in general is fine. It's almost too easygoing. It's too smooth. I'm like, it works in this song. But here, here, my one gripe about the song, after listening to it all week, and I've never noticed this about the song, when he goes to Doctor My Eyes, like, that should be way more catchier. And it's not. Like, that hook does not do what, like, it doesn't give you that push that I think I always thought it did. Like, listening to it a bunch this week, it kind of was just like, oh, his voice just can't really get there to do this. It's just too smooth. And just like, Doctor, my eyes. There's not like that feeling that you get from a lot of vocalists there. It's just like... And it, maybe it just sounds like a song that Van would sing. I mean, couldn't you hear him just being like, the band kicks in, Doctor, my eyes. I'm I could bam, hear Van killing and, and, this. Yeah, yeah like yeah. vocally. And I think maybe it's and, just musically it sounds like Van. It's of the same era and stuff for sure. I think the feel of it, what you're talking about, I don't disagree with. I just, his voice is just, it's fine. It's fine. It, it always yeah, feels he's a your bit buddy. adolescent. He's not a rock star. He's your it friend. It feels a bit <laughs> leave it to beaverish. I don't feel any pain when I listen to Jackson Brown tunes. Yeah. At all. Definitely. It sounds like a manufactured pain, but I it, love it. It's like, but no, there's no pain. It's just like, here's how I well, see the world. Yes. And it's kind of, kind of like, you know. What's up? Well, and kind of like what I said, you can tell he's going to be okay. It's not like serious depression. Yeah. He's just having a bad day and reflecting. You're like, Jackson, fucking, why don't you take a nap? You'll feel a little better. <laughs> take a nap, go to the beach, watch the sunset in Malibu. Yeah, and yeah, go across the hall, talk to David Crosby. But, he'll but, get your right. I'll play devil's advocate here. Or you, you could say that maybe he recognizes that, like, most folks and most songs are going to be okay and that he's certainly not being melodramatic about things, which is nice. Yeah, yes. He's not self-important with his... Because mm -hmm. he, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm playing guitar. I'm in Southern California. Like, life's probably pretty... I'm fine. Like, it's fine. So I think, I think it's nice to hear an artist err on the side of not trying to overstate something. Just be like, yeah, man, there are doldrums. And there again, if it's Vietnam, that could be a, a traumatic thing, you know? So I think, it's, I think it's measured. But you can tell he's removed from it. Mm. Well... Yeah, yeah, and I think it's still affecting him, though. I mean, to sure. both of your points, I think it's uh, illustrated very well in like the last verse where he almost laughs when he's like, "I never noticed them until." He's almost kind of like you can hear him almost laughing. That's on the my record. that's my favorite lyrical part of the yeah. song is that last verse for sure. And then just the later than it seems is a great line. It's kind of like, oh yeah, the and you could 
frame that as life or the night. Either you're up too late or it's your you you look up and you're 48. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm 48. Well, we should mention real quick that other than uh, Jesse had Davis on guitar and David Crosby and Graham Nash singing backup, Russ Kunkel played the drums, Leland Sklar played the bass. Um, <laughs> Kunkel and Sklar? Kunkel and Sklar <laughs> holding the rhythm Sklar. down. Like With a name like that, you got to be good. That's like fucking Smuckers. Well, <laughs> Smuckers. I think it's time we enter the vibe time portion of this podcast. Jonathan, cue the music in three, dos, uno. Boom, boom. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't do the, I can't sing okay. a G7 no, chord. We're trying, to, we're trying to tune the vibe real quick. <clears throat> the fucking, hold on, you ready? I do not like that. <laughs> Never cross the vibes. <laughs> do, do, do not cross the vibes. <laughs> Take it out of your mouth, Josh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just sounds like um, you're humming with a vibrator in your mouth. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a dick. Um, Jonathan, <laughs> what? <laughs> Jonathan, what? <laughs> okay. When do you want to hear it? No, 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 Neil. It's it's your it's your song. When do you want to hear it? Well, it's it's a tough song. I mean, I think you only want to play this or hear it when things are going very well, because you're like, ha ha, Jackson, you're down in the dumps, but I'm doing well. Um, I I don't know. I just ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> I know how you feel, but I'm not there now, so I'm gonna enjoy your upbeat melody. No, I mean, it's uh, you yeah, you only want to hear it when things are going well. In the wrong hands, it can kind of be a downer. Nice, Jonathan. This is not the ultimate use for the song, but honestly, I want to hear the song in like a. It just sounds like a car, like a car insurance or travel insurance commercial. I see a car <laughs> driving across the 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 like color, like the the Utah or like the and uh, the monuments and the the sun. And it just sounds like maybe I'm thinking of the Forrest Gump when it's the other Jackson Brown tune. I might be thinking of that, but like. It is definitely a kind of a driving song. Which one is the far that the running on empty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But and he's out in the desert. But um, yeah, definitely. I think when I'm driving out across the wide open range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Where if you break down, you could die, and then you'd be like, "Doctor, my eyes." <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing here. Uh, I, I, I mean, the radio. <laughs> journalism class in high school. I, I don't really want to hear this song. I mean, like, I, I'm not going to seek this song out. I'm never going to play it. You turn it if it comes on? And I wouldn't turn it. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy it enough to be like, oh, I hadn't heard this in a while. And I would, boom. Well, but I mean, like, it puts it you in like a peppy It doesn't anywhere mood, long enough you know? to get on your nerves. Like, it changes to another part, I think. It's quick. quick. It it's is. less than three minutes. It's, right. it's a quick song. It's kind right. of one of those songs you don't realize how good it is until you really kind of give it a good listen. You're like, damn, this is well, and thinking of songs that you want to listen to when you're like, remember that song? Let's crash course under the influence and talk about the influences of this song, what it influenced, recommendations. Neil, give us. Well, it definitely influenced Running on Empty because he's really good at these uh, <laughs> rundown, rundown songs. Um We've talked about James Taylor. Somebody's baby? And I think a good uh, comp is um, Seeger, Against the Wind, and Turn the Page, and all his, like, 
Ooh. Oh, Life's Tough on the Road, fucking those kind of songs. So, yeah. Silver Bullies. <laughs> Jonathan. You know who, I, here's, and this band does the same thing for me as it does, as you guys are saying about this, and I think it's a big influence, is it the Beach Boys. This is of mm. that Beach Boys melodic, but non-threatening, yeah. everything's really actually fine. Um, yeah. And it definitely sounds like it, it, to me this definitely sounds like it, I mean, it, it's, they're kind of contemporaries, but maybe a little early is a Billy Joel kind of vibe. It's very yeah, much yeah the uh, piano uh, the piano part and just the way he sure. sings. I can see Billy Joel singing this song. Yeah, it just for sounds sure. Like a Billy Joel. It's it's yeah it's a piano player song. Just you mentioned Forrest Gump during the running scene. Do they play Running on Empty and Against the Wind in that one scene? Because <laughs> Against the Wind is definitely on Forrest. It's Gump. a montage. <laughs> I mean, it's a full on montage. He runs for fucking. <laughs> but uh, it's a montage. Exactly. Montage. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think they do. I think they play a little bit of everything. Well, it makes it makes sense against the wind and running on empty if you're running across the. the you US. know what this song reminds me of is the Beatles getting better for some reason, like the piano or just the bump, like the rhythm. Uh, I would also say watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High just because got to be some. I bet, they, I bet the song was was oh Dolls. Yeah, yeah, Dolls. The band Dolls, absolutely. I was uh, going to say, I bet you that, that Beatles song was originally titled Getting Richer. Getting richer all the time. <laughs> ching, 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 I ching, 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 Diving into money all it's like the time. Scrooge McDuck, man. He's just like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And speaking of Scrooge McDuck, let's dive under the covers for a little bit talk about the covers of this song jonathan how many did you listen to this week don't um, cut it short a little bit um, yeah 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 don't don't bogart the mic um two sweet which ones jackson brown uh jackson five jackson five <laughs> james brown uh, james All right, Jonathan, what did you think about the Jackson 5 cover? I thought it was good. It sounded like it was a little high for Michael's range. I wish they, it sounded like he was really, it was just like it peaked. Like it's like, it did. I wish oh. they brought it down just a smidge. It's a li- there's, it a, there's a rhythmic. lot of. They made it too rhythmic. But there's a lot but, out of the range for Michael on this song. But it was just high. Like It was just like. <laughs> but what are you doing? Was, you, you don't just, it's funny to hear this kid sing the song. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, I mean, Jack, like, there's an adolescent quality with Jackson. But it's just a good enough melody. Michael Jackson would sing tunes, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, but I think I think it, I think there was potential there. I think it was a cool idea. I like the fact that folks back then would do that kind of shit. Like I really love that. It's like oh fucking, I think Jackson Five is so cool singing this fucking Jackson. That's so cool. Like you would never think that would even happen. And I totally. like the fact yeah, that I was I was they, super surprised. I had never. And then heard I listened that. to a little bit of Ben Ben Folds. Uh, did one. Mm-hmm. And it was sense. cool. Like he's really talented. Uh, his voice doesn't isn't my favorite. He's he's a tightrope. His songs are, are like there's a tightrope there. Like but, you can get into cheese territory. But he's definitely pretty, pretty, pretty good with good. covers, you know. Is those so I listen to two. Nice, Neil. Well, yeah, I mean, I listen to the Jackson Five, um, and I, I thought it was better when Jermaine comes in on the second verse. Yes, I did too, actually. And then they go, they they basically do the guitar solo, but it almost has this effect that sounds like a sitar, which is really cool. Like it's a very cool kind of seventies. Um, twang they put on the guitar. I listened to a, a version Cheryl Crow put it on an album and did it for mm. an, on Letterman, but changed the that. changed the mm. composition, which was really cool. Like 
because I listen to a lot of covers and a lot of a lot of them aren't very good. Um, but it was cool to hear someone actually do that. And the cool thing about watching that is it was 08 and like right as she was ending the song, it was like CBS News Update. Obama wins Missouri. <laughs> it's was, it was kind of cool <laughs> to see that little like flash into the past. But nice. other than that, so many bad covers. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of bad like like country covers. Um, but I'll mention to Gretchen Wilson, kind of a female '90s country cover. It's fine. And K Mob, who did a reggae cover, that is a not fine. I listened to 20 it seconds is. of that. <laughs> it is so bad. <laughs> Oh and I'm a sucker God. for a good reggae cover. I was like, nope, nope. Oh, God, speaking of reggae, Jonathan, how does this shoe fit? Mm, it fits like a pair of fucking flip-flops. You go to the beach. Nice. That you take off when you get to the sand. Um, no, Neil, no, not when it's hot. You just keep, keep them off. <laughs> you keep, okay, okay, keep them off. Uh, Neil, how does the shoe fit? Um, it obviously fits. I was going to say it fits like a, a gig shoe when you've been on the road too long, but... I'm going to flip it for whatever Forrest Gump was wearing when he was running. That's the shoe. Wow. <laughs> Nikes? Okay. Nike running shoes? Oh, well, Nikes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my Forrest Gump. That was good. It was very I good. I figured that's what it was. I thought you were just telling me what kind of shoes you were. Oh. Well, everybody, like, when I, went, when I moved I just to Boston to go, when I went to college from Mississippi, I went to college in Boston, moving from Mississippi, and I have a very thick accent. People would be like, do you know where Greensboro is? And I'd be like, motherfucker, I am not from Alabama. Fuck off. Um, Greensboro. I would say this. Uh, I'd be like, North Carolina? Yeah, I was going to say it's North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. I do. Uh, Greensboro. <laughs> I would say this shoe barely fits. It's like a dress shoe that, like, I it, buy it'll and work. then I have it'll to do. break it it'll in. Do. And I decide, like, eh, I don't really feel like breaking it in. I don't want to. Cool. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> we're going to play a cover of Jackson Brown's <laughs> Doctor My Eyes. I thought you had more to say about your fucking shoe than that. That's eh, fine. Doctor, my eyes have seen the years And the slow parade of fears Without crying Now I want to understand I have done all that I could To see the evil and the good Without hiding You must help me if you can Doctor, my eyes Doctor, my eyes. 
The cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond and Neil Marsh. Thanks for listening to Podgave Rock and Roll to you. Please subscribe and rate on Apple and Spotify. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Podgave Rock. Next week is Josh's week. So, Josh, what will we be discussing? We are going to be discussing Sturgill Simpson's Turtles All the Way Down. Can't wait! <laughs>